0: Hello, this is Charlotte Karivic, and you're listening to Bluegrass Jam Along, the podcast for anyone and everyone who plays bluegrass.
1: Hey, everybody, it's interview time on Bluegrass Jam Along again, and my guest this week is Charlotte Karivik. um Charlotte is a multi instrumentalist, primarily a guitar player these days. Um, she's part of the band Midnight Sky Racer also performs regularly with her sister um, as part of the Caribic Sisters and in many other bands. If you've been in and around the UK folk and bluegrass scene for any amount of time, you'll have come across Charlotte. Um, And the rest of you may well have seen her via her series of Flat Pick of the Week videos on YouTube and Instagram. She's a great picker, really great player, um, and I really enjoyed having a chat with her. So, here's the interview. So, Charlotte, welcome to the podcast. The first thing I realise is I don't know exactly how to pronounce your surname.
0: Uh... Nor do I, to be honest. Um, it's I think it's Karivik, Um <laughs> It's a Cornish name, but um, yeah, Caribic I think is right.
1: And is that is that where your family's from, Cornwall?
0: Uh, my granddad is, but um, uh, I grew up. Well, I was born in Sheffield, which is in South Yorkshire, and uh, grew up in South Devon. So, but living in Somerset now. So.
1: And how did somebody from Devon get into playing American music?
0: Um, so I have a twin sister, um, and she's a fiddle player, and there was a folk group at school, um, so she joined that, uh, playing violin, um, and I joined in. Our dad had a mandolin stashed under the bed, and I was taking that along, but I didn't really know what I was doing with it. I was learning classical guitar at the time, and, um, so he was looking for a mandolin teacher for me, um, and couldn't find one locally, but came across um, an event called Sawfingers Summer Schools, um, which, if you've not heard of it, it's a, yeah. it's a bluegrass course. But they and they they bring over, you know, for for anyone listening who's not heard of it, rather sorry, they bring in bring over all the the top players from the states to come and teach for a week, and it's absolutely brilliant. It's, it just happened to be a bluegrass course. It wasn't that we were looking for that or anything. It's just that they taught mandolin there, so. Um, went along and did Matt Flinner's course and got absolutely hooked. And while we were there, we met um, met some people who ran a session quite locally to us. So we started going along to that and uh, learnt that way really.
1: And what sort of age was that then when you were sort of starting when you first went to Saw Fingers? Uh,
0: I think we had our thirteenth birthday there. It was either our thirteenth or fourteenth birthday there. It was kind of. we were definitely 13 for some of it I can't can't think but yeah quite a long time ago now
1: yeah it must have been a really really cool experience kind of at that age just to be immersed in that amount of music making in one place
0: yeah it was brilliant because obviously we'd we'd never really heard that music before um particularly um and we had we actually had a bit because our our parents have always listened to Alison Krauss but when we were little we really didn't like it and i i don't know why um and i feel embarrassed about that now (laughs) obviously (laughs) but um uh but yeah it was it was brilliant and because there aren't that many children i guess who are into it certainly in this country um everyone's incredibly welcoming and they sort of open their arms as wide as possible to sort of get you in and, and encourage you and um so it was just a really great experience, um, yeah. And the tutors were brilliant, and yeah, Stuart Duncan was there that year. So <laughs> wow,
1: I guess that's the thing. As a kid, is learning an instrument is one thing, but finding other people to play with can be quite hard. So I guess a yeah, you had that, but also you had somebody else at home to play with because you had your sister.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh yeah, so my sister uh, she plays fiddle and dobro now. Um and uh well she plays guitar and mandolin as well and all sorts of things. But um but also our dad plays guitar. He was he used to do uh finger picking stuff, he was into James Taylor and all that kind of thing, but he's he can he had to come along to chaperone us, so he plays grass guitar now as well. So there were always three of us. We could never convince our mum to learn bass, unfortunately, but <laughs> um, would have been good.
1: <laughs> and so, I guess um, you're, you're one of those interesting musicians for me, just from my point of view, and that my exposure to you has entirely been like online rather than at gigs or hearing albums first. My initial sort of introduction to you was seeing you putting up fiddle tunes on guitar. Um, and is, is right, okay. you know, and it's, this is the way the world is at the moment. Often you can find somebody and get quite a deep insight into how they play without ever having been to a gig or bought a record. Um which I've done since, obviously. But and I wondered is so is guitar more your main instrument now, or do you not really think of yourself as having a main instrument? Uh
0: guitar is my main one definitely. Um yeah, I started out on guitar but classical, but not taught in classical sense. I was just learning classical guitar, but mostly self taught really, so it was um and then, then mandolin. And then I got into bluegrass guitar from mandolin I guess because it's sort of fairly transferable skills and because uh, my sister Laura and I were playing in a duo together, guitar's just a, it's a more straightforward, it's not necessarily better but it's certainly more straightforward to use that for accompanying songs and things rather than mandolin and you know she'd nab the fiddle so it's kind of <laughs> you know, lumped with guitar. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I definitely found that. I think um, I play mandolin as well, but in the last eighteen months or so, of being at home, just craved a bigger sound and that sort of resonance of a guitar. And just sitting playing mandolin on my own doesn't fill the room in the same sort of way. If you know what
0: I mean? Yeah, you just want you want a bit more low end, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, and so that and so it sounds like quite a bit of your um, sort of early live playing and sort of music making was as part of a duo or a trio or in sort of smaller settings.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, so we we did have a band when we were sixteen. We had a band with a a banjo player, same age as us, us from Cornwall. Um, her name was her name's J C Harris, and she's a um, she mostly plays guitar and sings now, but she's brilliant. Um, we had a band called Blue South. Um, our dad played guitar with us, and we had a couple of bass players who alternated, and and so that was really really nice with the yeah the three of us fronted it which was yeah got us the gigs really <laughs> yeah, three three young young yeah teenage girls trying to do it in the, the kind of yeah cells <laughs> but, uh, um and then yeah it was it was really nice and so it was really nice to f- and strange surprising to find someone our age who was relatively local so she's from Cornwall sort of down um She's in Red Ruth, sort of always been down that way. So, um, I think it must be about an hour and a half from home, and at two hours or something like that. Which is that's as close as you're going to get, really. Um, so yeah, we, we were doing that and the duo, and we've had lots of other bands with with various other players over the years, but um, the the main sort of professional element, I guess, has been duo.
1: Except now, I guess now sort of flip that around, and you're you're in a band, which sounds like it's even more sort of um, spread out geographically than than your trio was.
0: I spread a very long way, yeah. With Tamitha being in um, South Carolina now, that's that's made that's that's made the distance even more. She used to be in Northern Ireland, um, and yeah. So Midnight Sky Racer, that's that's been really fun. It's kind of it's something that I've been. Wanting to do for years and years and years but just waiting for the the right pieces to fall together um, And yeah, it's just as soon as the first time we all played together. It was just it's like um, Just this sort of feeling of Relaxation really I suppose it's like this huge weight. It's like ah, oh, this is what I know how to do you know never had a never had such a great feeling um, five-piece bluegrass band to play with before like the that rhythm section with with Eleanor and Leanne um on bass and mandolin they they fit together really well and it's just really fun to play with them um and Tabitha obviously is amazing on banjo um
1: yeah was it was it sort of consciously put together as a band or did you sort of happen to play at a festival and realize you got on
0: it was consciously put together yeah um it was. We're kind of, we just, you know, it was, I thought it'd be fun to have a band that was all girls, just more from a, just more from a social point of view, really, and that kind of thing. Just, it's just nice to do that kind of thing sometimes, and um, uh, I, I say I say girls, apart from the we're all probably women now i guess <laughs> it's just. lot
1: uh, oh, uh, the word
0: probably <laughs> it's a uh, uh, oh tabitha's a woman yeah i like, yeah, Tabitha, i always think of, i guess she's a woman too but she, she's so, she's quite a lot younger than the rest of us but um yeah oh, i'm probably digging holes <laughs> now um, <laughs> okay. so um i've forgotten what i was saying basically waiting for the right people to come along so it kind of had had we didn't know everyone that well, obviously I, I know Laura really well, um, but, uh, and known Eleanor for a long time, but not really being close friends, just kind of known that, you know, kind of known each other to say hello to, obviously, because it's a small scene. Um, and then kind of knew of, and had met once with Leanne. Um, and then it was just kind of waiting for a great banjo player to um, appear and be old enough to travel on our own <laughs> i think so um yeah it's just yeah so it was like tabitha and it's like okay now's now's that we've got the we've got the lineup let's see if they'll do it and uh, they said yeah so that's good
1: i can't remember where I either read or heard but i have a- Sort of memory of you describing Midnight Sky Race as a, like a proper bluegrass band rather than something progressive or the kind of things you've done through, and that was something you really wanted to do was the more traditional sort of five piece.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and I would never say we're traditional. Um, you know, not not along the lines of Bill Monroe, Flat and Scruggs, kind of traditional, but it's I think it's inarguably bluegrass. Um, whether whether you're someone who Likes the more sort of modern kind of style of it or not. I think you would say it was bluegrass. I hope you would Um, Whereas we've done We've done other other things before um, and this cardboard fox as well It's still still an ongoing project although we don't do much with that at the moment um, which is far more uh, modern um, And it's just, it's mostly just a a lineup of instruments thing. And it's having that full set of five and, you know, how well that works. Just those five instruments, they just work, all the roles are filled. Um, And it's great when that happens.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, there's... There's a, a definite depth and range across it. I mean, I, I saw you in London a few weeks ago at King's Place. So obviously I haven't seen the five of you in the band because Tabitha couldn't make it because she's stuck over the other side right. of the Atlantic. Yeah. But um, just even, you know, seeing yeah. you in that form with a with a sort of standing fifth member, just the range and depth of the voices and the instrumental styles and you have the ability to swap instruments in and out as well. Um, you can cover a lot of ground, can't you?
0: Yeah 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 we can um and yeah unfortunately Tabitha wasn't there but the contrast between Tabitha's voice and Leanne's voice they're both equally brilliant singers you know I could listen to either of them sing anything all day um and but they they're so different while still being great um and still being within that style that it it does leave a lot of things open and we've all got really Broad tastes and interests in terms of music um, and and just as as far as bluegrass' is concerned as well so there's there's quite a lot of variety in there i think
1: you've also got some great original songs you've got solid writing skills in the band too both both tunes and and songs yeah. as well
0: oh thanks yeah uh, yeah that was a, a nice surprise actually because it was it was it wasn't intended to go very far really we we we've never had a Five piece band that's been able to because the more people you have in the band the more it costs to keep a band going so it was kind of like okay well we'll try and get some festivals we'll just have a bit of fun we'll do some of our favorite bluegrass covers and, and that kind of thing and then um Eleanor who I didn't even I knew she wrote tunes I didn't know she writes songs I'm not sure she had written songs before actually uh she was the one who kind of kick-started the the songwriting um Element of it, uh, and so we we kind of ended up doing mostly original stuff. And when it was really early on, and and we were offered a, a tour in Germany and Switzerland, but the deal was we'd only been together a few months. We put out a couple of videos, and and they kind of went mad on on the internet. And um, uh, we got off of this tour. And it was really short, you know, short time frame. But he said. You can, you can do this I can book you this really great tour, but you've got to have an album so we thought okay let's we'd better write an album um so it was kind of uh, it, it had a real heavy boot up it to kind of get it going um I guess and yeah, uh, yeah it was it's it was great because now we we've kind of fairly prolific in terms of songwriting within the band um there are quite a few left in the wings that we haven't done anything with yet but um yeah that's that's good
1: rearing to all get back together and kind of get back on it
0: yeah we're really really hoping things come off we've got a load of stuff next summer and yeah so we're really desperately hoping it comes off and and uh, we can get tabitha over and be the, the five of us again because we missed her. <laughs> it, was, it was weird without well, her. You
1: had quite a chaotic tour, didn't you? In the end,
0: <laughs> yeah, that kind of just fizzled to an end. <laughs> in the end, it was just um, so. Yeah, it was. We couldn't find someone who uh, who could do the the banjo dept, um, and so I ended up having to play banjo. But I don't play bluegrass banjo; I play clawhammer, so it wasn't quite the same thing. So. But we we got um Vera Van Heeringen as adept for me. She's brilliant, obviously. Um so she did a great job, but it was it was different anyway, 'cause obviously I'm I'm not a bluegrass banjo player. Um and so there was that element, but then, you know, various people had to you know, Laura had to drop out for one gig because of her daughter being ill, and then the last two gigs, um Eleanor had to drop out and laura had to drop out and yeah so it ended up just and uh leanne leanne thought this is no i, I don't this is enough there's too many people have dropped out but uh vera and i thought right we'll we'll carry on we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna see this to the end so um we yeah last last couple of gigs it was just me and vera so i kind of the only original member left <laughs> left on the tour, which was funny, um, but actually it was a really, those two shows were really fun. All of it was, yeah, pretty much all of it was good, um, in, enjoyable, different, but enjoyable.
1: I mean, I think that's probably the first live music I've seen in about eighteen months. So I mean, that was a treat just to get to
0: well, yeah, anything's to good in the, in the
1: flesh. Yeah. Well, I'm, that makes it sound like I'm just saying it was good because I was out of the house. It was actually brilliant. as well. <laughs> <No. I'm- laughs> Okay. <laughs> I, I think what I what I love as well is the, um there's there's a real sort of on-stage chat sort of between you and between you and the audience, which is a bit of a folk music thing anyway. You don't tend to get it in the same way with rock music and pop music, but there's a definite kind of talking to the room, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, sort of a bit haphazard.
1: <laughs> it's always very entertaining, and it's I the thing that I maybe laugh is I thought I was the only person who'd ever been in a band with a song named after a potato, but it turns out not.
0: Oh, right, you've got one of those, have you?
1: <laughs> we did, the last band I was in had a song called uh, Yethom's Yellow Gypsy, which is a type of potato.
0: Oh, that's a really good name. That is a good Random
1: name. Random connections.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Could be a whole album.
1: <laughs> so I'd, I'd really like to um, talk a little bit about your guitar style, if that's all right, because that's kind of okay. one of the yeah. main reasons I was really keen to talk to you, just watching the, the stuff you've been putting out over lockdown and over the last couple of years and... I don't think I've ever seen anybody play guitar quite like you do. Um, there's a there's a real sort of through line to everything you do. The notes connect to each other. Um, but there's also just a sense of, like you seem so happy to go up the neck playing a fiddle tune. Um, and almost like, it's almost like watching a banjo player, using open strings and fretted notes, and everything seems to be available, and it's such a lovely thing to watch. And I wondered if your style had developed like if you could pinpoint how it's changed and how you got to where you got to because it's pretty unique i think
0: yeah so the i guess the say it's a little bit like a banjo player i i, I do play banjo so um there's maybe some element of that um uh my influences uh mostly i say influences my influence is mostly david Greer. um he's my absolute hero um and uh so I'm really interested in flat picking guitar as a solo instrument um which is something that I think is hard to hard to get right um, or hard to or at least hard to feel happy with I, I often think that actually it's a case of just playing a straight line flat picked cleanly um does sound great, but it's hard to convince yourself that that's the case. Um, and so it's, I'm always trying to find ways to fill out that sound a little bit um, and so including open strings and, and things when even when you're playing up the neck mm. um, is a way of doing that um, and trying to... I really like to try and imply the harmony in the melody as much as possible so try and get the chords going and the bass notes from those underneath it um, uh, so yeah, that's, that's something I, I'm also... Uh, I'm really keen on the idea of um, it being a process of exploring ideas so um, for a time I was kind of bored with my playing and then I think it was something David Greer said actually on a again at Saw Fingers he taught the course there and I I kind of went on his course and um, yeah, it was some something he said uh, along the lines of you know if you find you know take a take a small idea and and just expand that and explore that as far as you can so like you might take it you know, might you might think okay so I've done this sort of thing what happens if I change this element or if I try that sort of thing but try it here or you know I'm, I'm being a little bit vague I think but just the the whole idea of just having fun with it and not really worrying or having any particular thoughts about where you're going. Um, I think that's something that informs the way I do those arrangements. Um, and so what, so those, the things that you're talking about, the fiddle tune arrangements and things, they, um, they're not off the cuff. They're, they're, they are arrangements. They're things I've sat down and, and found uh, ways of doing it. And I kind of, it sounds horribly, horribly pretentious, but I kind of think of it as like flat picking poetry in in a sense. In that, rather than like if you if I was to actually perform it or, or want to listen to it normally, then I would want to put those put those ideas a lot more spread out, like develop them more slowly, you know, rather than. So sort of, it's kind of like everything is crammed into one thing because I'm trying to get it all into get a load of ideas into one take because the whole point of, of it originally was that it was an, an Instagram series. So you get a minute and that's it. So you only get one time round the tune. Um, and so it's kind of like, okay, I've got this idea. I've got this idea. How do I crowbar those in, but make it sound like it's not crowbarred. Um, and, uh, so that's what I've been doing for the past year, I suppose. And it's, um, it's been really, really fun to do it. Um, yeah, it's 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 taught me a lot about about playing and things, and it's what well, the main thing is. It's just kept me playing. That's that's all because you know while gigs have been cancelled and things, it's it's just been really good to have a focus because I'm naturally pretty lazy. Um, so if I don't have anything like that, I just won't play. <laughs> so, um, as much as I love it, I just won't do it.
1: That's why I started making a podcast. It gave me a deadline every week, you know, because nobody else was going to give me one.
0: <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. Without a deadline, it's hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that that thought about David Greer and exploring ideas, I think it's a lovely thing. um Brian Sutton talks about the massive influence of John Hartford on him, and just the John Hartford saying, "Play with the music. Don't just play the music. Play with the music. Yeah, you know, play around with the music yeah. is the is the essence of it. And and just yeah. see what you can do. And it's very yeah. and because there's so even a simple tune like I don't know, Billy in the Low Ground or something. There's so many places you can go with that and so many you know you've got different rhythms you've got improvisation you've got reharmonization you've got there's so much you can do um and i think that's the interesting thing about fiddle tunes and what i love about them is that they are and can be such a simple effective shared language and at the same time they can as you say be poetry and anything in between. Um, so for the Instagram series, did you find yourself learning new tunes or did you naturally just have a store of, are these all tunes you knew already?
0: No, it's, no, they're tunes I kind of uh, had heard or, um, you know, lots of them I already knew, um, but hadn't really gone into in that detail or anything. Um, But yeah, because I, um, because I'm a, an old-time banjo player as well so there's there's a vast catalog of old-time fiddle tunes um, which are such great tunes and they're sort of a little bit untapped in in the bluegrass guitar sense um, because they're not bluegrass tunes <laughs> I guess they're old-time tunes but they but you know loads of the the jam tunes now that we think of are bluegrass tunes they they're old time tunes but they kind of just crossed over into that and there are hmm. so many more that could do that but they just haven't done it yet um and uh so i was, you know often i'll pick a tune just because i like the name or or you know i i kind of get into a particular old fiddle player um and start listening to some of their things and think oh well, then that one and, and that one and that one I've i've got a a list. It's not a very long list, to be honest, because uh, you yeah, know I, I need to address it again. But I've got a list of tunes I keep if I hear one and think, okay, I should add that to my list and and learn that eventually. But um, I can't remember most of them now. <laughs> but uh, uh, I'd, yeah, I'd pick them up quicker, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's sort of a bit in one in one hand, out the other <laughs> with me, but. Um, yeah.
1: There's only so much you can store in your head at any one time, especially once you've had kids.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, one day when I start having some sleep again, I might remember <laughs> something.
1: <laughs> so talking about kind of guitar as a solo instrument, I love that, and kind of David Grier is obviously a great example of being able to play, and and, and Tony Rice and like Brian Sutton playing tunes like Cesare on um, one of his albums, and just that ability to sort of sound like you're being accompanied, yeah. but you're not is a it's a joyous sound when people can do it is that something you've like done much with you planning like an album for that or a project or is it just a a sort of personal sort of development Uh, thing
0: maybe one day one day if i get time I, i might um i might do something like that um but at at the minute it's it it started out as just a a personal development thing like you say it's just like I thought it would be fun um, and uh, now I'm running this Patreon thing so it's kind of I, I have to do it so it was month it was weekly and it's now monthly um, just because uh, when baby number two came along I just thought there's just no way I can keep doing this weekly um, uh, hopefully I'll up it again one day but um, uh, for now it's monthly and, and it's just yes yeah, so and now it's Something that I have to do because I—it's like a, a deadline that people are, are paying me to do kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's still fun. Yeah, obviously, I wouldn't do it otherwise. But uh, yeah,
1: there's a lot out there. You've done. You put together That's all, yeah, pretty.
0: To answer your question, I can't yeah, remember.
1: totally. You put yeah. There's quite a bit of content there now with all the tunes <laughs> and the tab books and you know. There's quite a quite a list of tunes there, and as you say, yeah, some with pretty yeah, pretty comical names. <laughs>
0: Yeah, good one's, yeah, yeah. It's just I think it's I'm uh, fifty six. Will be the next one, number fifty six. So it's a it's a fair back catalogue of stuff now.
1: Are you are you teaching much these days? I know you've done quite a bit of teaching over the years.
0: Uh, I'm not at the minute, just because um, I'm a, you know, kind of attached to six month old baby who's uh, she's not on a bottle, so I can't um, I can't really leave her or commit to definitely being able for able to teach someone for a specific hour time slot without one or other person being awake and needing me so not yet but i will be doing eventually
1: that must have made touring interesting
0: yeah it was it was uh yeah an added um Things, (laughs) Things, <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was interesting because uh, my sister has a well, she's uh, she's coming up to to a year old now, but she was ten months or something like that um, when we were doing the tour, and uh, so we had we had our mum along with us uh, trying to look after both of them, which was a total nightmare because uh, they were both into know, yeah, like my sister's. Uh, Little girl she just started sort of cruising around everything and was into absolutely everything um mine Annie she's a, a, she's younger obviously, so it was a little bit easier to settle but sound check time was her her bath time so she was a total nightmare then whilst it was just it was i think it was hell backstage <laughs> but, uh, um yeah got got <laughs> through it we all survived <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah um so i guess connected to the teacher thing the one thing i was going to ask you about just because it's something i find very interesting is that as a multi-instrumentalist obviously you've spent invested a lot of time in each of those instruments and I've, a lot of people um talk about whether to focus on one instrument whether to learn two like how to and from my point of view i have a limited amount of time to play these days and so i'm i'm sort of focusing on one but i wondered if you had a any thoughts about it because obviously each thing you learn informs the other and learning mandolin makes you a better guitar player which makes you a better mandolin player and I wondered if there's anybody listening out there thinking should I stick to one or you know
0: it's a really hard question Um, there are definitely times when I wish I'd just focused on one instrument um, but I'd find it hard to choose which one Um, uh, I think I think it probably depends a little bit on your personality if you're someone who's able to to be totally satisfied focusing on one instrument and and going down that route then that's that's brilliant but I kind of I'm some I guess I'm fairly easily distracted and I, I kind of hear something I think Oh, I want to be able to do that and I, I won't rest until I've at least tried it and if I if I try and do something I generally will want to persevere and see it through. But so certain instruments are, they they kind of, uh, you know, they'll, it's not like if I spend 20 minutes practicing mandolin, it's equal to spending 20 minutes practicing guitar, but it might be like spending 10 minutes practicing guitar. You know, so it's, it's not like they're, it's not the worst thing in the, it's not taking away too much, but it's also, it also gives you a bit of a break if you're, if you maybe need a break from from the ideas you might get on one instrument or another. I find it really useful for songwriting, playing different instruments cause, and tune writing, because different things um, will kind of enforce different ideas and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of, there are so many instruments I, I want to learn. I tried to learn fiddle once and I, I don't do that anymore because it's just. I live in a flat anyway it's loud and and i felt guilty and (laughs) um and trumpet i haven't played that for a while but i really want to get back to that because that's fun but
1: uh yeah yeah it's always something new fiddle is particularly um can be particularly antisocial, can't it we've got our we've got new next door neighbors and they play double bass and cello and that's quite a nice noise to just sort of drift through the walls in the evening yeah but i'm sort of glad they don't play fiddle or saxophone (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, especially because the stuff I was I was doing the old time stuff, and I really like the horrible scratchy, you know, slightly out of tune kind of stuff. So that's what I was learning, and you just think, no, this isn't actually to everyone's taste. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah. <laughs>
1: so what um, what have you got coming up then? What's is it mostly Midnight Sky racer focused? You, you're playing several different combos, I guess, and with festival season next summer, there must be various bits going on.
0: Yeah, uh, I haven't looked that far ahead to be honest. I I only really look maybe a week ahead. <laughs> Otherwise, I get get in a muddle. But um, I th- I know we're touring with Midnight Sky Racer in the summer. I don't think actually there's a lot on between now and then. I'm recording with uh, Laura the a duo album in August, and I guess we'll be. I think we're touring that in. I think it's November but I could be totally wrong about that um and that's something I'm really excited about actually we've not done a duo album for a really long time not a proper one we did a live one just as like an interim thing but we've had so many other um projects in between that um we've just kind of not we've put out so many albums with other bands that we've not really had a window to do a duo one um and we've got some really nice stuff for that so I'm looking forward to that It will be good um and, yeah, between now and then I'll just be ploughing out, you know, churning out the tunes, I guess, yeah, yeah. which is fun.
1: <laughs> cool. And I, I read, um, I think it must be on your website, but it, a list of your musical heroes. Um, there's Matt Flinner, Adam Steffi, Mike Marshall, Chris Thiele, David Greer, Kenny Smith, Brian Sutton, you know, a list, a list of people that would be inspiring to to anybody. I was wondering if there were particular, often if I interview somebody for the the podcast, they can remember hearing a particular player at a particular moment, or hear you know just seeing somebody and going, "Ooh, what's that?" I'm just talking to Justin Moses a few weeks ago, and he's got a very vivid memory of seeing Ron Block play with Alice and And I wondered if there were you know if there were, you talked about David right. Greer as being kind of the key influence there. I wondered if that list had changed over time, or if that was
0: uh, David Greer's. So like I said, it's kind of got into the the music through Sawfingers and Mandolin. Matt Flinner was the tutor there, so he's like you know, I idolise him he was just, he was a brilliant first tutor and um, I just I still absolutely love his playing Um, his, David Greer was on his album, so that's my sort of first time I've heard him Um, but, but yeah, people have had that kind of Impact. It's kind of hard to say an individual thing. I think because just hearing hearing that kind of bluegrass thing for the first time when we went there. Well, it must. It's nearly twenty years ago now. Um, I think. I guess Joe Mullins, uh, banjo player, hearing hearing him, but hmm. it's actually maybe more the harmonies that I can't remember who was who else was singing. They did like. They used to do a lot more in terms of uh, they don't do it so much now, but a lot more in terms of the tutors getting together and putting on a concert. And it was always used to be, everything was free. I think now it's more like there are ticketed concerts throughout the week and, and stuff like that. But um, they did a, a workshop, I think, uh, or a, con- a concert sort of workshop thing on bluegrass harmonies and, and not having heard that before and hearing Joe Mullins do is, he's he's a great singer as well as a great banjo player, really great sort of bluesy thing. I think, and hearing him and whoever else was in that band, I can't remember now, um, doing that, that kind of, I remember, although I can't remember who was in it. I remember it vividly, if that makes sense. I remember the the kind (laughs) of impact of that Um, and uh, yeah. uh, I'm hopeless at answering these questions on the spot, but yeah, David Greer, David Greer, Matt Flinner, and David Greer—they're they're, they're the kind of—they're my
1: yeah yeah
0: uh, real huge influences, I guess.
1: And what a joy to have been able to be taught by both of them, um, particularly you know being over here where that's a less common occurrence. To you know been able to actually spend some time with them.
0: Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's there's nothing quite like it um have you Have you been so fingers i've probably met you there and not realizing
1: so i no i booked to go twice and both times had to cancel once um i think once was for a, once was for a wedding and once i I was booked to do the mike marshall mandolin course and we had to move house that week and there was no other time we could do it
0: Ah, oh, that's annoying
1: so yeah i was gutted about that
0: yeah um
1: but the joy of the internet now is, you know, you can you can get guitar lessons from lots of. I'm now learning from Brian. Sutton on the artist works, oh, right, and that's yeah. a, such a amazing thing to be able to do.
0: Yeah, the artist works thing is brilliant. It's really brilliant. But yeah, sore so fingers you should try and go again if you know if and when it it's up and running again. Um, it's just it's not the main thing. Isn't the tutors in a way? It's it's more the the camaraderie of the the students and and just the overall atmosphere there's a huge buzz about it um and I imagine when it first comes back together it's gonna to be even more so it's just um it's a it's a week long party and it's exhausting and um brilliant mm-hmm. and um but yeah it's it's great for learning as well but um the the just the the being there is. Is brilliant. We've not missed one since we first went, um, and wow. I don't intend to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd love to go. You know. Um, so, if people want to find out a bit more about the the tunes um, and what you've got coming up in terms of gigs, where's the best place for people to find you? We'll stick links in the show notes.
0: Uh, best place? Uh, yeah, I guess. My website probably not very up to date at the moment. Um, uh, probably, probably, Instagram or, or YouTube. If you just search uh, my name, which is Charlotte Karivik, or my Instagram handle is just Charlotte Guitar, which is a lot easier to to remember and to to find. Um, mm. And then you could, I think, you can find all the links through that, which is free and um, probably the the easiest way to do it. But uh, yeah.
1: We'll stick with some links to that in the show notes so people can find those easily. Um, it's been great chatting to you. I've really enjoyed it. And hopefully, I'll get a chance to see you play live again soon.
0: Yeah, yeah. And yeah, hopefully, meet you in person.
1: <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Cool. Thank you very much. there we have it. I'll, um, I'll put some notes um, links in the show notes to the things that Charlotte talked about. The Flat Pick of the Week series uh, as well as some links to Midnight Sky Racer and um, Charlotte's Patreon page and links to things like Saw fingers that were mentioned as well so you know where to go to find all that at. Um, yeah, another great interview. Really enjoyed that one. I will see you guys next time. Have a great week and happy picking.